after that party, like I got home, I had a horrible night where I was coughing crap up. Oh, that was good. I, I woke up in the morning. I felt great and I was like ready to go. So you basically just cleaned out your system by partying? I think all that talking, like having hours upon hours of just talking and hanging out. Okay. I think I cleaned a lot of that out. Well, look at that then. This show should be good for your health. Right. Welcome to the Couch Trolls Podcast with your hosts, Dave and Das Bruce. How you doing, man? Not too bad. Uh, Freaking first show, right? Right. We finally made it. About time. Took us a little bit. Had to tweak the audio. Had to get everything prepped. A little bit. Social That's media. <laughs> okay, you know what, man? A lot, a lot of stuff takes more practice than what you'd think. It's all good. We're here. Now we, we got a show. Hooray! There we go. All you wonderful people listening out there. <laughs> uh, so what's what's up with you, man? What's new? Not too much. I've just been, I've been living the dream, playing some South Park. <laughs> How is that, dude? I'm loving South Park. It is so good. It is definitely better than the Stick of Truth. And the fact that I got a cheap version of the of the collector's edition with the the stick of truth for I PS4. Bought, I bought the collector's edition for the last one for the yeah. Cartman statue because that was super dope. That's that's up on yeah. my mantle. I, I wish it came with the, the whole statue, but it's just the one that came with the season pass. It came with like postcards from from South Park, and it came with um, like extra content, and it came with a version of the stick of truth for PS4. Nice. So, you know, I've been playing that game, but really, it's it's like Halloween season, so like I'm just overall in a good mood i'm watching horror movies playing overwatch horror games. man did you get on that uh holiday stuff for overwatch i did and actually i'm loving it that needs to be a permanent mode in the game oh the uh horde mode thing that they yeah, got the, going on yeah the, the junkenstein's the, revenge yeah junkenstein's revenge oh dude i finally got the uh the roadhog uniform did you the other day i busted man, out on i only got bucks. like two of them and i just i haven't played with any of you guys yet it's always been with just random ai it's just not as fun no i accidentally bought uh <laughs> i bought this Yada skin I was trying to like, uh, I was talking to Canada, the guy who does our announcing actually that you just heard at the beginning of the show. I uh, was playing with him and I was like, Ooh, look at the Zenyatta skin. And I tried to click on it to look at it, drop 3000 gold on it. Did not mean to. It's funny. He's like, Oh, you're poor now. And I'm like, no, nope. I still got 10 K left. Cause I just stockpiling award money. And then I saw that Fortnite starting, I think it's this week. Fortnite's also oh, yeah, doing, doing a, that weird doing thing. A, they're doing a Halloween themed uh, battle battlegrounds yeah, mode. So I'm gonna have a pumpkin rocket launcher. That's kind of dope. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I I totally embrace random theme events just for the fun of it. But I mean, really, when it comes to Halloween, I just get in this mood where I like slasher films. Like I watched Hocus Pocus yesterday, just out of the blue. I haven't seen that movie in probably 15 years. Do you get on any like the holiday sales then? Because like PSN, you usually go into like a season of buying. Well, yeah. Last year I bought Slender and Outcast. You probably haven't played either. Outlast, one I think it was. Oh yeah, Outlast. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta watch what you say, man. Otherwise, like they will ream you. On, True. <laughs> on message. But you know, so I played through Slender. And that was good. And then I got Amnesia this year for free, part of the PlayStation Plus. I downloaded that. I haven't touched that yet. I haven't either. But I was playing a little bit of Alien Isolation. Oh, man. Dude, hide and seek with the Xenomorph. See, I have yet to play that. And I had the VR for a hot minute there. And I thought that would have been great. PlayStation VR VR, Isolation would have been awesome. Right? Uh, I would, honestly, that would almost be like a spectator thing. I would watch that game in, in 3D. Like having it, having like an interactive video of just feeling like you're running and hiding from a you know, xenomorph. You know, I'm surprised that they don't uh, they don't advertise uh, stuff in 3D. You know how like they do? You ever see the thing where like you get the 
ad pops up for like YouTube on your yeah. phone. And then there's like the 360 degree camera thing. Yeah. How are we not advertising like VR games with like 3D trailers like that? Because I think Samsung's the really one, the only one that's really sold a VR like hardware that people are using like on a daily basis. Yeah, maybe. Right, fair enough. Like we're just not quite there yet where advertisers care enough because I'm sure it's pretty expensive to make that kind of advertisement that no one's going to see. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta imagine. So, um, was it, was a game? So last year, Halloween, I never picked it up. Uh, Costume Quest. Did oh, you ever end up playing that? Yeah, I actually have beaten both of them. Okay, because they did, was the second one like a couple years, year the, or so the ago? The second one was maybe three years ago. Oh. It, those games are much older than you think they are. Okay, never mind. But I, I always I, get late to something where I'm like, oh, yeah, just played this awesome new game. And I'm like, came out last year. And you're like, that was five years I th- ago. I think you're thinking of it. It was free on PlayStation Plus, I think, last year. Okay. But it had been out for several years. All right, I, that's I beat them what both on PS3. So, okay. So you consider the PS4s I get confused around. about release dates if I don't see stuff in stores. Like, I, I need to see, like, physical copy in store. And I'm like, oh, that came out. That's what my go-to move is. And see, with the di- the digital thing, it's like, on Tuesdays, it's like a habit. I just immediately go, every time I turn it on on a Tuesday, I go right to the PlayStation game deals. Really? Every single Tuesday. It's part of, like, my gaming ritual that I always check that. Because, one, I see pre-orders for things. So things like Battle Chasers that just came out. Okay. And um, I I pre-ordered the uh, the Frozen Wilds, um, the version of uh, Horizon Zero. I got the pre-order for that. So when that digital content comes out next month, I already have it. Fair enough. So every so often, like things will come up that I hadn't heard about or the really crazy indie games that show up. So it's kind of nice. See, I, I don't know, like, trying to actually go and look at stuff, like, I get lost in, like, a digital store, because it's, like, they're only, I feel like they're only showing you what they want to show you, where, like, you go to, like, an actual store, like, a game store, and I'll sit there, and I'll just look at interesting stuff, and since I don't really, I like the digital idea of being able to go and look at the trailers, and get demos for games, but I still like the idea of, that box art looks weird, I don't know what that is. I'm intrigued because the cover art still. But you're me. you're still kind of a brick and mortar collector though. Like you're really into getting a game that you can see on the shelf. You can look at the back. If I'm, I guarantee you would look to make sure it had a manual in it. Oh it was God! Used. Yes. I mean, you're you're one of the ones that you need all of those things to like make this sale. It's like a three point. You need to see <laughs> art. You need to see the manual, and you need to see the disc. And and without those three things, you can't feel it can be with your other games because it won't match. Well, that's because okay, all right. This is gonna get into collections then, isn't it? Because oh, yeah. the whole okay, the whole digital thing where it's just I when they're like, oh, it includes a digital manual. Like I care about that, man. How about that digital soundtrack? Oh, <laughs> and that great. that's that, that I, I know that sells you on every time. Oh, absolutely. And then Atlas is over here like bonus size box with two soundtracks giant art book and two discs okay and you're you're like i have to have that okay some (laughs) things are out of control like was it the lunars that i was trying to get incomplete for a while there that was always a pain in my ass you mean my lunars yeah i still and how beautiful physical copies of games though and you have collections so no why because they're beautiful games and i haven't beaten either one of them yet okay see i i a lot of my games, I've I've gotten rid of. I've either sold them to I you, or I've I've sold them to other people. I'm glad I got a couple off you before you ditched them. But I don't I don't see how you can just sell games, man. Like if you like them, but why not hold on to them and keep them? You're a collector. I'm a gamer. Like I, the reason uh, I buy so I'm not a gamer. 
<laughs> uh, what do you mean? Uh, what do, uh, okay, what do you classify as a gamer then? Someone that plays different sweet, games. I play a bunch of different games. Okay, I've played every single one of my games that I own. Okay, really? So I got to test to make sure it works at least. But, Uncharted. Yes. Is that in my collection? Do I have that yet? The fact that you don't know. Well, okay, I don't think I own that one, but <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I don't own. But the Uncharted. fact that when you got your PS4 and you didn't actually beat all the games you got, I'm still working my way through them, man by not playing them you don't get further okay well you know what though i don't want to pick up a game and just play it for a little bit necessarily but you do that with overwatch but you do it for 200 hours well that's just a lot of fun though and that has right i like I, that okay see, my, where i i find the fun in gaming is i pick a game up and i beat it and it's just kind of that's my completionist style is okay. I, I see games as a form of entertainment where i pick them up and I beat through them, and then I move on. Here's the thing, though. You still play Overwatch with me. So if anything, I would say we're both gamers. Oh, you I, are a completionist. No, let, 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 let's be fair. All right. You are a gamer, but you're also a collector. Yes, and I will say you are a gamer, but you are some weird fucking guy that will sell off. Why do you sell stuff, man? I just don't... What if you want to pick the, it up and throw it down again? I don't like not having access to what I want, like... Sometimes I just feel that when I have a game collection, my game collection consists of games I've either beaten and it's just I don't sell them unless I need to. It, it doesn't really make me a collector because I've played through them all. The people that I, I see, they buy games and they just kind of, oh, that's my back catalog. No, dude, you're collecting at that point. Like you're just you're just building up games that you're never going to get to. Like there's, there are a lot of people, people do that digitally with collections. I, I Digital hoarding that, is a thing. That is Steam embraces digital hoarding oh you want to do the humble bundle what do you think you my steam like account games? is like nothing right now <laughs> i have made well of course you know what well, i have a mac from all the video editing that i did in college so trying to run games on a mac is garbage anyways i mean why do you collect games i collect them because i enjoy them i like having a catalog of games i like going and being able to go and pick up something that i've enjoyed like whether in my younger years um I like having a physical copy because a lot of digital stuff ends up like going away. Like if it gets pulled off the marketplace or something, man, like, uh, what is it? They had, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, I guess the best example of what you're thinking of is, uh, Alan Wake actually. Yes. I remember I, hearing about that. Me, I mean, a friend of the show, Ned, he, we, we loved Alan Wake when it came out. Uh, we were, we were like in the prime of that game. And actually I thought about playing it because of it being in the Halloween season. That game was phenomenal. It's like a Stephen King novel, right? Yeah. And it's made it, by Remedy, the same guys who did Max Payne. Yep. Which and Max it, Payne, great it's a, game. it's a great game and it has good music to it. But not that long ago, I started reading all these articles that, oh, Alan Wake got taken off the Xbox store because it no longer has rights to use its music. And Remedy's like, the music is part of the game. It's it's what made the game what it was. But you have a physical copy of that, right? Of course I do. Okay. And What, didn't you beat that? Didn't you sell that? You know, I did beat it. And it wasn't worth anything, so I didn't sell it. <laughs> <laughs> That's That was your determining value. Yes. A lot of what I've ended up selling... Our games that end up being worth something because what's the point of selling something to GameStop for a dollar fifty? That's not really helping me get anything more. There's still more entertainment value in keeping it than it is to sell it. But if I have games that like I sold Persona too, yeah, I, that game was worth well over a hundred dollars, but it didn't have an entertainment value to me of a hundred dollars. Okay, if I need money, I, I'm looking to my top tier games that I've beaten that I don't see the need need to keep anymore because. A, 
they may remake the game, they may remaster the game, or they may just port it onto the PSN network like they did Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy IX, or even Soikoden II on PS3. Okay, um, well then, what about this? So, <laughs> when a game gets remade, right? I, I understand that, like, okay, it's kind of cool when they add stuff to it and everything, but, like, direct ports to digital, do you prefer that over having a physical copy? If I had the opportunity, it would really come down to the price. If you could tell me I could get Resident Evil Nemesis, the GameCube version, the, like the enhanced graphic yeah. one, if I, if I could buy that on my PSN account, I probably would buy it for five bucks and then sell my real one for 20 or $30 because it would make no sense for me to keep an enhanced valued game and sitting on my shelf. But if that dies per console, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, the stuff that you had on PS3, Everything dies per console. It, no, it doesn't, because guess no what? No backwards compatibility. It doesn't matter. If you have the console and you have the game, you can still slap it in and everything. I still have the game not on the console. Not to mention there's... <laughs> no, because eventually you get rid of your consoles. Now, I never sell my hardware because it's not worth anything. You, <laughs> but you're never going to go back and be like, oh, I'm going to buy hardware if you can't connect it up to the internet and get stuff, because then you're missing out on stuff. You know what I mean? So, like, you're missing out on, um, for instance, uh, the reason why I like a physical copy of a game is because usually when, like, a game of the year or something comes out, you get uh, all of, like, the game is patched fully to what it needs to be with newer stuff. You know what I mean? Yep. So, like, I like, you know, if I get a collector's edition of something or a game of the year edition, I don't have to worry about having a digital version that might not have all that stuff included or not have that playable because of something that's weird or broken on it, because you can't download an update, I have everything on a disc, you know? But by the time you get that game of the year edition, that patch has already hit the console. So say you buy your game of the year disc physical, and I buy mine through digital. Mm -hmm. Ten years later, we can both plug our system in, and I can play it just like you can play it. But if your data gets corrupted, dude... Like if one thing's wrong on that add-on or that DLC and that was to fix something that was just horribly broken in the game because it's not that, you know, like it's not physical there. Then you got to go try to hunt a copy of that disc and then you're like, oh, this game's now $600 and I can't get it. Well, for your game of the year editions, I'm sorry to tell you, but Skyrim, Oblivion, Morrowind, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 3, Fallout 4, they're all under $20 now. They're not worth anything. Anyone that had bought that for anything more than $20, they lost value on it. And it's I can pick it up the, later. But the game the game itself, okay, not monetarily value. Value within the game itself being good, man. It's good when I pick it up 20 years later from the flea market. <sighs> you know? like it, It's going to be good when I feel like picking it up. It, to me, it doesn't make sense holding on to something if it doesn't somehow benefit me when I'm not playing it. Like people, I, I know a lot of people, I mean, the best essence of a collector, someone who buys with the intention of its value increasing, it seems crazy to me. Like, I, I don't understand how someone could spend $100 or more on a collector's edition of a game and just let it sit. Oh, someday it's going to be worth money. Someday it's going to be worth money. That's collecting to sell, though. That's like a whole nother monster, you know? I, I like people, to collect what I like to play, though. Yep. And that's that's one way of collecting. But there are lots of collectors who, they're oh, I'll play the game. But they're specifically buying those games because they know they're going to go up in value. And you hear that excuse all the time. Oh, this is going to be worth a lot of money one day. People buy games like Hello Kitty and Kart Racing for Wii U. 
That game is worth $150 right now. That's kind of dope. The person who buys that for $150, <laughs> I'm sorry, they're nuts. Well, they're probably a Hello Kitty fan or something. You I'm, know? I'm sure that's the case. It's a very niche market then at that point. It, the idea of someone spending, and we see it all the time in like this traders and game stuff. People still buy those high-priced games. They're like, "Oh, that game might be worth more someday." Look, it's it. The chances are now in this current generation, between the digital age, the remastering that happens all the time, the likelihood of games retaining higher and higher values is unrealistic. Your your demand is stagnant, if not slowly decreasing, and your supply is increasing. At no point in time should games be worth what they used to be. Like your Super Nintendo days with like Earthbound. Earthbound was, you know, Earthbound was a well, rare. I still rare. I still can't afford that, man. That's like currently $300, I think. That's funny because I can afford it because I can buy it on my Wii U See, okay. or on NES Mini. There's something, okay. <laughs> NES Mini, I think, is kind of our middle point here that I will agree <laughs> No, because it's at least uh, some form of hardware. Because the, the controller, man, the control that you hand. Because okay, uh, what is it? They had Mario sixty four on Wii U, and the controls for that is garbage. Trying to play a gamepad. I want to say though that on the it's not that bad if you have an elite controller though because it, it, still it actually feels the same because you're not hitting there flicking the Z button with you know your middle finger. You're not using the Joystick no, on your left. There, there's see, a 64 feel. Is, is is the odd one in the situation because I I bought Star Fox for I think it was Wii. Okay. And I used the classic controller. It was by far one of the worst play. I thought it was the worst game I've ever played with a controller until I played the new Star Fox game, which oh, happened Star to be Fox Zero. That was by far the worst game I've ever handled. But that was actually controls for that system too, which makes it even worse. <laughs> but. You know, those I think Nintendo sixty four kind of opens its own niche by the fact okay. that there's no controller like it. Well, same. Okay. Well, Nintendo kind of does that, but then um, what is it? Uh, there's certain things that require weird controls, like um, all those uh, Guitar Hero and stuff, right? Yes, the games that require peripherals are kind of and because you play Guitar Hero with a regular <laughs> controller, it's the dumbest thing ever. It is. But again, people who buy buy those games for hundred hundred bucks or more, if they if I'm done with it and it's still worth that, I'm totally dumping it because <sighs> a lot of and people I did, did that. I I sold Rock Band two, right when Rock Band three came out because people were looking all over for the hardware for extra hardware. So I was like, I can make a bunch of money on it. And guess what? I sold it. I made hundreds of dollars on it. And then recently, I was like, man, I really miss Rock Band because I, I do. I, I love. I'm a sucker for those games. I love those games. You were a huge fan of that. Uh, was it um, Guitar Hero Two? I remember you were like the first one of the first dudes I knew to actually have a. I bought a 360, 360 for it. Yep. Of I, all I the games, a, I bought a PlayStation Two for the first Guitar Hero. You know that was mm. that was. I mean, it was at that point. It was about time, but they had the slim lines. The price had dropped. There was enough. Where I could get into that. But to really support what I'm saying, so I finally come back to Rock Band. What I do, I picked up Rock Band 4 with all the equipment and clearance at Target for like 50 bucks. So not only did I not have to lug around all that Rock Band equipment for 10 years, I was able to dump it and come back to it years later at a better value. And what did I lose in it? I lost nothing. I still have all the songs. I didn't lose any of the music. Uh, uh, all right. So, you know, and those, especially trendy games like Call of Duty and Madden, 
annualized games are the worst. They are agreed. They, I mean, they. Are I, just, I don't see any point in buying a Madden every you, year. You want to buy Madden seventeen? It's like twelve dollars at this traders. Is it really? Oh yeah, it, it's lost forty eight dollars of value in under a year. <sighs> to me, that just blows my mind. Like it makes absolutely no sense to buy an annualized game. I like Call of Duty. The people who do that is the same reason I play Overwatch and Grand Theft Auto Five. I really don't like Grand Theft Auto at all. I bought the game because my friends play it. And I, I see that as more of a social cost. It, 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 is a, it is the cost of, to get onto a platform in which I can share with my friends. But Overwatch, it's a good game. But even now, I don't play that game at all unless I have friends playing it with me. I just, I just can't get into it. Really? Yeah. I just I don't enjoy it the same. See, okay. Here's the thing. I will say that digital has at least opened up the market for a lot of uh, indie developers and stuff. And you can get an easier level of access to games because of the whole, because the whole digital era of distribution and everything. Um, cause I, but the thing is, I really, really wish that they would put some of those things on disc, you know, like I, I do want that artwork for my collection. I would love to have Splunky on disc. That would be dope. You know what really pisses me off when they box a game and then inside it's just a download card. And I'm like, what was the point of that? And to your point, that is exactly the market responding to what you just said. People are like, I collect, I collect, I want this on my shelf. And they're like, we'll put it on your shelf, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna go through that process. Still, Telltale Games, best example of it. You want, you want to buy the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy? It's at the store. You buy it, you put it in. It has one episode on it. The other five you have to download with its pass. And that's terrible. So, that so is 10 years awful. down the road, you're going to put it in and you're going to be one episode instead of five because it's only going to have the one episode. So they're only giving you partial game with disc. See, and that is, that is just but, gross. But, what, but that is a hybrid of what you want. And what the market is doing. You're fucking it up then. It's no. you and your digital collection bullshit where they're like, ah, oh, you know what? We'll just eventually get it to you. What if, what if they, uh, what if the company went belly up and then just like, I mean, they won't cause they've been around for freaking forever now and revitalize the point and click genre. But thing is like, what if they go and they release a game and then they go belly up and then those other episodes never come out. Yep. Guess what? You literally bought a partial game. Yep. On disc, that is just rude. It is. And that's why most of the companies that do it, like I know Life is Strange also did it, which is by Square Enix. They actually waited till all the episodes were out before releasing it on disc. And I, I know Shovel Knight also did the same thing. Shovel Knight came to disc much later after its release and all the bugs were kind of worked out. So I, there is a pattern of, if you're seeing both sides, but if it wasn't for double digit like growth in the digital sales market... EA, Activision, Blizzard, all these companies wouldn't do it. And if you ever want to blame anyone for digital sales, like eating console physical games, blame PC. PC was the first one to go digital. They used to have physical discs and and PC gamers were like, we don't even want the disc. We just want to go to Steam and buy it. And guess what? How many games have discs now for PC? Almost none. Because they don't need them anymore. And what are the chances of, of the Windows Store getting shut down? I'd actually say it's pretty high, considering that the Zune Store is but down. Here's the thing: unless, uh, other than like someone archiving vaporware, right? Which is, um, for those that you don't know, 
it's like technology and or like it's the best way to put it. It's basically software that no longer has an availability to be on current machines that is then kind of free download for the public. It's it's like a if you pirate it, they kind of turn a blind eye. Because like, okay, Apogee, right? Do you remember that company at all? Nope. See, I did well, me being an older PC gamer from like what do early they, 90s. What do they make? Uh Apogee was responsible for a lot of really good stuff like Crystal uh Crystal Caves. Um, what is it? Oh god, there was uh Okay, what about check this out. Id software, right? Yep. Uh Commander Keen. Do you remember Commander Keen? Nope can't get that like really anywhere anymore i would love to see that on a console i would love to see that on disc but the thing is is like other than like digital archives for that i will say that digital is good for um kind of archiving but if the availability is not there digitally because of rights and release and stuff i still want to have that physical copy like i still have my copies of games that i can go and slap in there that are you know no longer available so tell me those old pc discs can you put that into an Apple computer and play it right now? No. So that's that's so, okay. On. So mm-hmm. so now you have a, a physical copy of something you can't play because the hardware is too advanced. I said that okay, that's I'm admitting that that's where digital archiving is good for you. Whatever, you <laughs> fucking smug piece of shit. Um <laughs> but I'm saying, okay, well, how about this? Uh All right, let me I, well, I mean, just to get to the bottom of it, a lot of your collecting, you have a lot of heart in it because it's games at your childhood. It reminds you of your childhood. You buy, you buy and hold them because of wanting the possible of the opportunity to play them in the future. Yes, I play in the now. I, I am more. I see things as a entertainment value. I, I play them now and I move on to a new game, and I, I don't expect to ever go back to an older game. Unless, it, unless it's a social game. Okay, okay, but you do have interest in the uh, SNES Mini because you were a Genesis kid at the time, right? Yes, because I've never played almost any of the games Which on it. Which is stupid because I own most of those games. Yep. And they're fun to play, but anytime that I'm like, oh, you know what, you should sit down and play this uh, Super Metroid. Super Metroid, I think, is hands down one of the greatest games of all time that you have not played, and I don't understand why. What I don't understand is why you don't sell all those games and just buy a Super NES Mini. You, you could be sitting on thousands of dollars of games. You could sell all that and just buy an $80 piece of hardware that plays the same game. Why not? And see, that's because the why not is because you were a collector and I am not. Because I see it as a game. You see it as more. You have an attachment it's, to okay, it. Okay, because you know what? There's There's also the history. There's the detail of the art on the cartridge there's the uh type of chips that that is in it there is so much more there to be those are all uh, appreciated like that none of those affect how the game plays like when i play the game it, it will play the same okay but all yours is is visual appreciation you appreciate it I, when you're not playing it. Well, you know, other people appreciate coming and like looking at my collection and seeing this giant wall of games that, you know, have history that it's like, it's interesting to know where some of these things came from. Like I go and I'll occasionally keep like little side stickers on the cartridges being like, oh, this was a mom and pop store from Florida. And I'm like, how the hell did this end up in Grand Rapids, Michigan? You know, 
And see, I mean, that's a big thing right now. I, I, I feel with obviously the, the nerd culture is exploded. I mean, between the comic cons and the E threes and just the, the council wars and everything, it's just, it's to the roof right now. It's part of our generation. The millennial generation is the nerd generation really. All right. And part of that is you have your caves and it used to be you'd have your man cave that was full of sports stuff. Sports memorabilia. And, and you remember how they always had bars? It'd have a bar, a big TV, and like jerseys on the wall. Oh, no. Th- those are long gone. Now it's Walmart shelves loaded with cartridges and old PS2 video games. And it, it is, it is so, it's flipped upside down completely now. And now I feel like there's that love. Like the real collectors, they collect to show off. They they want a collection. Am I show offy? If you actually had all your games with you, maybe. Okay, you know what? I keep them in safe storage. Okay, it's it's like an archive. All right, it's like a giant safe that I can walk into. I can pull anything out anytime I want. It's like like, like a coin collector. What? Well, <laughs> not like a coin collector. I put it somewhere safe so I can appreciate and look at it later. Well, I still use it and I still play it though, so I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay. But, I mean, honestly, like, you know, the man cave, if if you had your own place and you had a, a basement to yourself, you would absolutely have those on display. Oh, absolutely. Because you would want to show off what you have. Yes. Okay, now imagine I have I have friends that have all digital collections on their Steam. They can't show that off at all. You know, but... Yeah, no, I, I have had that happen <laughs> to me before where, like, a guy's like, look at all these games I own. He's just, like, scrolling through his stream, and, you know, Steam and, collection and there's, on his phone. And I'm just there. like... Wow, that's so great. Have you played any of these? And they're like, no. See, at least because when I go and when I pick up a new game, I have to go and I got to plug it in the machine, make sure it works and everything. So everything that, you know, I need functionality of it. And, you know, I found some really good games too because I'll pick stuff up on a whim. Um, What is it? There's a Super Nintendo game that I kept seeing like everywhere. And it was uh, SOS, right? Some weird like Titanic type game thing. Where it's like you're escaping from like a Poseidon adventure where like the ship's upside down. Actually, I, I played it with you. Yes. Okay, yep. good. Where it's like you have an hour to complete it and yep. everything. There's multiple yep. storylines. I, I definitely remember that. I'm, but, I'm, I might have been with you when you bought that. I think so. But like that, I always saw it and I'm like, well, all right, whatever. 12 bucks. I'll throw this down and everything. But tell me, if you didn't like the game, what would happen to it? I would... Put it on your shelf and I never play, play it again. I would play it and it would go into the collection, yes. Yeah. But I'm never going to sell it. What's the point in selling it? What's the point of keeping something I'm never going to play again? Because it goes along. Because it's a part of history that you're holding on to, man. It's like being like... No, no. If I really want to see my gaming history, honestly, now I can just look at the trophies and achievements between my Oh my goodness, you're the worst. (laughs) Because it's going to list all the games I've played. I I don't know. I, I I don't see any real value in keeping something that is... It's worthless to me. It, if I won't play it, it's worthless. Because it, a game's value is in entertainment. If it does not entertain me, it is without value. And if someone wants to buy it from me for whatever dollars, I'll sell it. I, I like having it availability to me at any given time. You can't resell digital games, man. No, but if I don't pay anything for them, then I, I'm not I'm not bothered by so it. So would you not pay like sixty dollars for a digital game then? I find people who buy digital games for anything more than twenty crazy. Oh man, you're gonna probably I, start a fight online now with this. I, it, it's nuts though. You know what? I will give the exception to online only games. Online only games are their value is limited to them being 
online and with a server up. The minute those servers go, those games are worthless. To buy the collector's edition of Destiny, Destiny 1, the Doesn't collector's Destiny edition... Doesn't Destiny have a single player mode, though? It does, but it's an online only game. You cannot play that game offline. Wait, really? It won't you let to, you, you play a single no, player you, campaign? You have, to, you have to connect to the server to play it. What? So that game is not playable offline. So that has no value to anyone that is not connected to the internet. So to me, that game, why not buy it online? If you can only play it online, might as well buy it online. So, you know, people who bought WoW, did you really need a disc for WoW? You couldn't play it offline. You know, it, it, it's directly... I think you could, actually. I, I don't know, man. I haven't... I think you always had to go through their server to play it. Just connect for authenticity when, 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 and everything? Yeah, when you logged in, you always had okay, to log well into then, their server. But having a disc of, like, say, Overwatch, right? Yep. That's online only, technically. Yep. When you and play against computers. Honestly, but... I think Overwatch isn't worth anything either. It's worth something right now, but it will never be worth anything more. Because the minute it goes offline... You have a disc copy of that, though, right? I have a disc copy of it because... It wasn't cheaper on a digital. I think I got it cheaper physical than so I did digital. So you need to have it at a certain price point on digital in order to make it worth your time. Yeah. Then you're you're putting value of gameplay on value of price tag. Yeah, everything's related to the price tag because that's I, all I want to do is play the game. Okay, but you okay? Bioshock though. Yeah. I got you here. Watch this. Bioshock. Do you own Bioshock One? Not anymore. Really? Did I, you sell that too? I, I sold all three the of my The one buy- game I thought you were super nostalgic for and I, I sold, love and I hold sold. within highest regard. This is a this is, is a perfect Bioshock. example of a hybrid between what you do and what I do. I sold all three of my Bioshock, one, two, and three for three sixty. I have the PS4 collector's edition now with all the DLC content, which some of the content I never even owned. So now I have all the content and I went through and I sat and played all the games. Do you own that digitally or on disc? On disc, because I got it cheaper. <sighs> if I've bought games digital, and it's because that was the cheapest way to buy it. When I bought Slender, I paid a dollar ninety or something for it. If they made a physical copy of it and it was ten dollars, why would I pay ten dollars for something I can get for a dollar ninety? That makes no sense to me. Right now, for you, you don't own I. Alien Isolation, I would tell you to go to the PSN network and buy it for $5.99. I would not buy that. I'd rather pay $10 and have it on disc because I have a physical thing that I know is not going to go away, you know? And that's definitely the difference between us is, like I said, I'm, I, I see myself as strictly a gamer, not a collector. You're very much a collector that plays games. Fine. <laughs> uh, there's no, uh, you're not wrong by any means. I mean, I, I'm still sitting with hundreds of video games. All right. But, you know, those those games I have, I can proudly say anytime I will go back and play. So, but if I need money and my car breaks down, those games are first thing on my chopping I'm, block. I'm happy to buy that off you, though, because you, guess you what? Always usually, have cause usually at a at a fair deal, you will at least sell it to me at under its price point because you know that you can come over and play that anytime. That's true. And also, I know that you appreciate the game, and I don't have to try that hard to sell it either. Yeah. I, I know that I'm, you know, dealing with the internet, trying to sell games. You, you deal with, like, the low ballers. You deal with the people that, the Ebays, with See, the and fees. And that's, I think it's getting harder for collectors, too, because there's stuff that I want that I am so worried I'm never going to, like, Metal Warriors, man. How many years have I been trying to get Metal Warriors? Dude, when I tried to buy that for you, what... 
I, I almost bought it for you for a hundred bucks that one year. Oh. I can't remember what that was for. I almost bought that for you and I didn't because I thought it was too expensive. I wish I bought it now. <laughs> it's worth so much more. That's that's your buyer's remorse. It's not like, oh, I don't get to play this really good game but on honest, Super Nintendo. On, on, it's the value of it. Honestly, if I could pick it up for $100 right now, I would. And then I would sell it immediately for $300. Oh I'd probably gosh, play it no, to try would, it. But I would totally sell it for $300. It's so good. But no. again... You know what, though? Here's the thing with that game. You say you uh, you generally only sell games after you beat them, right? Yep, and I would. Like I said, I would play I, it for sure. That game is so damn hard that you'd probably be holding oh, on to worry. it for years. I have a couple games. Like, I have, what? I beat Dark Souls 2. That game took me, like, 70 or 80 hours. That game was really hard. I'm still sitting on the third one. Bloodborne, still sitting on that game. And those games are always going to sit there because they taunt me. They're like... You want you want to sell me, but you can't because you haven't beat me yet. So it's just kind of sitting there. But I do mean, you, do you intentionally buy harder games then? No, I. I'm do you a, buy a game being I'm like this is gonna be pain in the ass? I I'm a story driven gamer. I I buy games that will take me out of my life and put me into a story, and that's how it's always been. The game could be on very easy, as long as I still get to play through the story, I'm fine. Unless it hampers the story by being too. If it's so easy that it actually damages my experience, that's that's. See, I think gameplay is what it is for me. Then, oh, it totally is because Spelunky is one of your favorite games. Yep. it makes perfect sense because that game has zero story, uh, <laughs> none. But the thing is, is you can pick it up and it's a fun experience every time. It was an experience that I enjoyed. Where I guess because maybe you like the narrative more. Yeah. That is, once you're done with the story, that's your point to move on. And I'm also one of those people that I won't read a book again. I read a book once and I'm, I'm is never... That, is that those things made out of dead trees? Yeah, okay. exactly. The instruction manuals, right? Gotta get those digital books. Ugh. <laughs> uh, would you ever read a digital book? Or oh, I, tot- just- I totally would. Really? They don't weigh anything. <laughs> You're like, uh, I have 700 books. No, how hard it is to carry around a tote of books. Do you remember that when uh, was, I think it was like the iPad or the, the iPod came out and someone's like, yeah. Holds a hundred songs. They're like, "Wow, does it get heavier the more songs you put on?" When we didn't understand how digital stuff worked back then. Oh man! And I mean, my first real experience with it, I actually dropped to digital music. I buy a CD like once a year. See, and I still pick up CDs because I like the artwork. I like the manual. I like the little liner notes. I actually, when I lived with you, I got rid of all my cases to all my CDs, and I put them into like the tre- one of those chest things yep. with the with the slides. I threw like, all of it. And because CDs aren't worth anything. No. So why the hell would I keep all that extra stuff? Well, I like going to pick up CDs cheap and get the back catalogs of stuff and see the previous well, and works of individuals. I, I and I feel I, the same way about games, too. Because, like, I will go and I'll pick up a game and I'll be like, oh, this is really cool. And I'll find something that the person did afterwards or previously that I can kind of hunt for catalog-wise. And there's there's fun in the hunt, too, man. I got to say that. No, there is, but my fun is the bargain of the hunt, oh, not sh- not the rarity. It's the bargain. If I get like, if I could find Uncharted Four for five dollars, I'd feel really good about that because I got a I got a game for super cheap. It, it the the value of the game. If I find Hello Kitty Go Kart Racing, it'll be cool or whatever. But small fortune. But you know, if I find it at the price it's at that it's value to it, what's there's no fun in finding it for one hundred and fifty dollars. So you'll you'll give stuff shot. Based on cost, cost. Like, yeah, see, I'll give see things it. shots based on the history, who made it, where it came from. Like, okay, I, I bought a game. Okay, 
I mean, I'll try to make this quick, but I, I bought something digitally. Uh, I think we were living together from dust. Do you remember that? Yep. But I like the previous works by that guy. And that was the only way to get that game. So I did that. But here's the thing, even though I own it digitally, had they put that out in a physical copy, I would buy that. But if you want to play it, you can still go back and play it, right? Not really, man. And you can plug your 360 in and just play it? I think that system got fried and I lost the DRM. Digital rights mm. management pissed me off. But if you buy another 360, you still log into your profile it, and download it. No, because it might not be available for the download even though you owned it. It's available still. It's not that well backwards compatible. No, because I <laughs> bought... No, because occasionally if I'm not connected to the internet, I was not able to play Braid on my 360. The 360 that I had Braid on when my system crashed, I bought a new system, put, uh, cause I had like three Xboxes. I bought a new system Four. put, was it four? No, oh, I had four. Oh, geez. Worst console ever. Oh, uh, no, nah, man. It had some good stuff. No, good stuff. But the console itself was a piece of crap. Uh, the hardware failed on every level. <laughs> Touche. I had what, like a 2% fail rate allegedly. I don't know. You're it the numbers to, guy. It had to have been higher. It had the, to be what, higher. The red ring was like 20 plus percent. <sighs> it was so bad. But, oh man, where was I going with that now? Um, oh, so I had Braid, right? Yeah. Had it. And then when I got my new system and I updated my profile, it goes, oh, you didn't buy it on this console. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I wonder if that was because Braid was a very, it was one of the first, you know, it was, it was very early in, in that generate in the digital generation you think of that, Okay. So do you, Okay, so do you think that my view is tainted just based on my early digital purchases? Yeah, like, if you bought anything on PS4 and you went and bought a new PS4... It would all transfer? Oh, everything transfers, because okay. I, I did that. I put a new hard drive in. Everything's wiped. You have to put every... You have to transfer everything, and you have to re-download stuff. All right, so... So, I mean, all right, now... I, I, will, I will admit, then... I will admit that things with digital, yes, there are some benefits I see. And yes, I think that it's getting better with time. But you at least got to admit that having a collection, being able to go and pull those at any time you want without having to go and worry about whether your system's connected or any of that stuff, that's nice to have too. Yep, and it is. I mean, I still have games because I, I like that convenience of being able to go back to play it whenever but in my mind, I can never let go of the convenience versus cost. I'm, I always see video games. I see that cost associated to every game I own. And I, I just, I'm game by keeping like Persona 2, still a good example. By leaving that on my shelf, it's worth $120 right now. I am gambling by keeping that game. I To keep that game, I, I am taking that risk saying that game is still worth, it's going to be worth more to me in five years than it is right now. But really, it's a gamble because if Sony decides, hey, Persona 2 for $5 on digital download, that price is going to tank. And Price charting? Yeah, price charting. Yeah. I, I knew Of you. course. You know, when you check out like the price charting, I think it's price. It's just pricecharting.com. Yeah. But, you know, if you look at that and you just kind of look at the the correlation between like Soikoden 2 and when the digital release when came digital out. When digital release is coming, oh, you see and, there, and there's a giant pivot where it just, it just crashes and then, you know, it'll come back up, but it'll never get back to that level it was because there are always going to be those people who just want to play a video game. They don't, they don't think they need to keep the game. They just want to play the game. And that's a gamble to me. Anytime I, I feel I can really profit off something... You, you just take it, and then it, I, I am gambling on the fact that by selling it, 
I can come back and buy it cheaper later. Not always true. I mean, there, there are plenty of times where, like you were talking Metal Warriors. Man, if I had that game and it was 50 bucks and I could sell it for 100 I would have totally sold it for 100 Ugh. And then, what, it's 300 now? Yeah. I, you know, I would have lost the gamble. But now, I have games on PS1 because right now, PS1 games are just, they're through the roof. And Are they really? Oh, yeah. I mean, there are tons of games worth over $100 or near $100. But if I sell those games now, I am, in my mind, You're I'm losing thinking, out on potential revenue? That, that's really it. I don't think it's ever going to be worth more. So what I'm doing is I'm selling those off and then I'm hoping Sony screws them by, you know, re-releasing them or I'm hoping I never want to play it again. Or, you know, one of those other things come into play. There, there are more factors making me want to sell than to hold. I like artifacting and kind of holding on and knowing the history, man. Like I, I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm proud of some of the stuff that I have that is, you know, super high in, you know, value. And that's nice. But. But tell me, if you had a game that was worth a thousand dollars, say one of the Sega Saturn games that okay. came out, those like rare RPGs and you had it and then suddenly they re-released it and it dropped from a thousand to a hundred. Did I buy it for a thousand? Yeah. If you had a game that you had. I don't you, think I'd ever buy that for a thousand. But, but if you did, if you bought a game at full, say you bought a game for sixty dollars and. It was suddenly five dollars. I don't. Okay, are you butt hurt about? I don't buy just uh, about Duke Nukem. Okay, do we you, don't. Do you? No, mm. I'm bringing I'm bringing the Duke into this because you really got to bring the 911 uh, of gaming into this. Yes. No, why? Because he is the best example oh, of God a bad gamble. I okay. So ignore the content of the game at the moment. So you spent all that money on game. that game, but it's only worth five dollars now. The, does that not bother you at all? That you wait because it's wasted money because not only is it a really to, shitty to a fraction game. of the degree okay because <laughs> the reason why I paid the stupid was a hundred dollar price tag on that stupid was I'm pretty sure I kept the receipt for that for your two centimeter statue oh my goodness it was a weak weak oh okay let's gosh focus okay I'm focusing um no the reason why I bought that was because uh the company that did it which was um. What, uh, yeah, shoot. Uh, they did Ge- Borderlands. Gear- yep. Gearbox, Ge- Gearbox. Gearbox, yes. Gearbox. They had acquired the thing, and I wanted to see them do more with that character. I wanted more of that because I enjoyed the uh, you know Duke Nukem 3D. I enjoyed the 2D Duke Nukems on PC back in the day. Yep. Uh, Apogee, actually, had something to do with those. Yep. So I wanted to um, support the idea of that franchise and everything. Yep. And I bought it. I was not happy with the product. Yep. And I think that that is where the bigger burn is and the fact that they haven't done anything with the character. But you call it... So you essentially wasted at least $100. So you wasted $100. You call it the 911 of games, so obviously you're not going to go back and play it. No, I haven't touched it since. There's no point. Why do you still own it? I don't know. As a reminder, you own it because you were a collector. That is that is that, my that, 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 that is it. It's because you're a collector, and that which is fine. But that is your greatest example of why you're a collector. You can't even the worst game that you you call it a nine eleven of games, <laughs> and you still can't sell it. If I bought a game for a hundred dollars, and the next day I hated it that much, I would have already sold it. Here's my example. 
we we bought Army of the newest. Uh, what was it called? Oh, Cartel. Army of Two, Devil's Cartel, Devil's Cartel. Oh. So we bought that. You hated it. What did I do? I gunned it and I beat it. I sat down and I played all the yeah, way through we it. Yeah, we beat through it. But guess what happened? I sold mine. I got like thirty dollars for mine. You still have it, <laughs> and you're never gonna play it again. It's a reminder. But no. I can go back and buy it for probably $10. You know what, though? There's the reverse side of that, okay? There is games that, like you said, where you're like, oh, man, would uh, would you sell me? You sold me uh, Strider 2, I think, yep. for PlayStation 2. What'd you sell that to me for? I think I sold Strider 2 for like 20 bucks. 20 bucks. What is it worth? Probably 40 It's 40 It doubled in. How much does that crush your soul? Only a little. Your no, money-grubbing soul. Because I... I don't think I paid much more. I probably paid less than twenty for it, so I I really don't feel that bad because I still I got out when I was still in the green. Like I, there's no red involved, so there's nothing to be lost. See. And I was never gonna play it again. All I right. played I played that game and it got way too hard at the end. Where I I basically said I'm never gonna beat this game, so I just stopped so playing. You sold it. a game you didn't even beat. That's ridiculous. Because I I gave the the white flag and said that. I'm never going to play this again. See, I've beaten that game and, multiple and, and times. And I found a way too. to get out where I made money. I made money on a game that I was never going to play again. That's the that's the dream for me. Mm. I I got my entertainment and I got my value. But you got to admit, there there have probably been a few big ticket items that you bought, sold at a profit, and then just saw horribly get out of your hands where you wish you would have kept it. I'm sure, I'm sure it's happened. I, I'm, I'm positive it's happened a couple times, but... In the end, I, I still feel comfortable about how my style of gaming is and how I collect my games because the games I still have are the games I can play. The games I get rid of, I don't I don't feel any I don't really feel anything for them. So I can just get rid of them. I make my money back and I move on. That's just that's a lifestyle choice for me for gaming. And I feel like a lot of times I pity the people that only buy games to put on shelves and never play because they call themselves gamers, but they're really not gaming the games they're purchasing. They're just they're holding them for a, a possible gamble of a value in the future. You never know that you don't really know if they're if they're getting. They're more gamblers than they are gamers. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I guess every purchase is kind of a gamble, and I mean, some of them you buy and they're terrible games, and if you can sell them, and that, I guess that makes you happy. Cool, and you know I'm. I'm happy with some of the gambles that I've made. So I guess that kind of it wraps it up, man. We <laughs> that wraps it up. That's uh, I guess that's our show for today. Then I hope everyone liked it. And if you have any opinions about any of this, and I'd love to hear what collections you guys got out there. And if there's any games that you ever really felt bad for, let me know. Or if there's that game that you want to get, but it's already just too high. Oh, I'd, I'd be curious to yeah, hear some stories. I, I, on I would that. definitely. There's, there's so many collector stories of like ours, how we've had the highs and the lows. But I, I know there are far worse experiences people have had. Well, all right, man. I guess until next week. Thank you for listening to the Couch Trolls podcast. If you like this episode, you can find more on Facebook by searching Couch Trolls or on Twitter at Couch underscore Trolls. I'm your announcer, Canada Sanchez, with Brian doing the sound. Thanks for listening. <laughs>